The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey guys, it's Vlad Harris here with the Panther Rants Podcast. Welcome back. It's um, Thursday. It's my Friday here and I'm still waking up. As I'm off tomorrow from work, so I won't be... uh, A lot of times on Fridays I'll podcast, but not not tomorrow. But so you get me today. I hope a lot of you are enjoying spring break if you're on it. The, uh, the trees are blooming here in Houston, and my car is now green every day. And my nose is going crazy, and my eyes are itching like hell. Which means when I get to work, I'm gonna have to uh, snort some Flonase and hope for the best. Although I'm only doing Flonase because it it's prescription. And normally I prefer Claritin. Because I think for, uh, you know, Flonase... Flonase and Zyrtec may be drowsy. Whereas Claritin doesn't. And that's why I hate my allergies. Is your freak, is, it's freaking drowsiness. You just can't win no matter what. It's like, do you, um, do you not take your medicine and still stay awake and deal with the, um, you know, the snotting and the itchiness and sneezing or do you uh, take the medicine, not have it, but of course try to stay awake. And if you work in a cubicle environment where you're you're sitting down all day, it's a real pain in the ass. You know, there's one thing I really missed about working, say, like desktop support, is I miss being able to go out out into the uh, field, I guess. You know, go do my rounds, and I, you know, usually my users, I would do rounds and, you know, talk to them if they had any issues and things like that now can't do it to sit down although I like to get on the field when I can to talk to my users because sometimes they they report things that I never know know about and their complaint is they'll log a ticket but they feel nobody will help them in this in these instances and for me I'm like well if you guys can't tell me through email or ticket then I can't help you Now I have one one director complaining that uh, we're not fast enough to resolve his issues. I mean, the guy wants he wants these customized reports, and the problem is, is with the with the pouring tool that you get from your uh, vendor, it's not it's not easy 
and the vendor tool, a lot of times these vendor reports suck, but are too freaking complex. But he wants to bypass, you know, the uh, the, the help desk to, to put tickets in. And here's the thing with, with the way our system works is when you put in a ticket, we get a notification on our phones, and if it's a and if it's a high severity one, we get a phone call automatically, automated. So it's actually more sufficient for him to uh, call the put a ticket in because the emails is directly. A lot of times, or, or calls directly. A lot of times, we're, well, for one thing, we have, we have caller ID. We're not going to answer his phone. We're not going to answer his call because we, we know what he's going to do. A lot of times, when he you know when he calls, it's not support related. It's something that he wants that he wants it right away. Which you know, for a lot of your positions, you know these people you deal with. Where they feel that their stuff is more important than anything else, and you have to drop what you're doing for them. And you got everybody else who has more pressing issues, and of course, you may have some uh, tasks that you're trying to get completed, deadlines you're trying to meet, and then of course, this person comes along. But let's not get myself too wrapped up for work right now. Uh, Pit basketball wrapped up its season uh, with, a, with a loss last at the Syracuse. As far as the whole season goes, this team obviously surpassed last year's team by a lot, and it wasn't even close. And of course, people are going to say, you know, well, some people in local media. When they're, not, when they're not taking a break from uh, the Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell stuff, they're gonna say, "Well, this is the same little pit basketball these last two for the last two years." No, it's not. I mean, this team made a lot of progress. You know, they obviously were more competitive. They won more ACC games, and on top of that, they were competitive in a lot of their games. And then there's couple of games that the ACC they could have won. So, in terms of the ACC, this team was, I mean, actually overall, this team was a lot, was better than the record suggests. You know, if some games would have flipped their way, they would have been a 500 team this year. Or over 500. And they could have lost out, but they uh, recovered, beating their name on senior day, and I guess I think they gave them a little jolt. Because they played Boston College, he'll be around and beat the crap out of them, and the game wasn't really even that close, even though, even though uh, BC was staging rallies, but they were down 20 for most, most of that second half. Which I thought was great, because then I said it would give the announcers more time to talk about Kai Bowman than the game itself. They could talk about how um, you know how uh, great of a player he is and what impact these how, how much of an impact he's had in everybody's lives in the booth. 
you know, what his, what his favorite ice cream is, you know, his last bowel movement. Dining tips. His favorite music. All kind of stuff. So we had that we could have done we could have we, we could have had. But uh, you know the, the court of uh, the back court of McGowan's Johnson and, and most of the frame pretty much led the way in, in that in that win. I mean you had um, McGowan's and the Johnson combined for 49 points and of course you had for frame I guess he had 15 16 points that was most of your offense right there and it was obvious you were going to need a big game out of all three of them to get any deeper in the tournament when we got the Syracuse Wilson Freeman had a big game 24 points but Johnson McGowan's not so much you know, McGowan's didn't seem like himself out there in the Syracuse game. And then, then, you know, one person pointed out to me on Twitter that they were working on him, working on him all yesterday during the BC game. So it's either he may have been, a little, maybe he's a little bit roughed up, or he just was, or he was gassed during the Syracuse game. Probably a combination of both. You know, he's banged up, and he, you know. Or, you know, it's just, um, he's gassed. I mean, they're freshmen. They're playing games on consecutive nights. We can't expect them to, uh, the, to save the world. Can we write? No. But it happens, and, uh, nobody really, nobody else really stepped up in this role, and, No, that's just that. I mean, for most of the first half, Pitt controlled the game, and Syracuse, towards the end, started to gain control, and the second half was an entirely different story, and it's just, uh, you know, for Pitt to win that game, they were going to have to control the tempo and the pace, and they just couldn't do it. Once, once Syracuse locked them in with their zone, that was that. They were done. It was like, Basically, it's like the Venus flytrap almost. You know, Pitt was buzzing around and Syracuse just stay in their zone and, yep, snatched up. It happens. But um, at least they came this tournament... And they competed. They came in the ACC tournament with a purpose. They knew, you know, the tournament is where the records get thrown out the window. And we saw that. And they could have easily, you know, went into BC and rolled over and whatever. But same with Syracuse. They they came and they competed. You know, they knew the urgency of the ACC tournament and how it was going to be. And I think Cable stressed to him enough and... You know, he did all he could, but coaches can only do so much. 
But as far as the roster goes, I'm sure we obviously need an overhaul. And obviously, you know, with frame gone, you just have Johnson and McGowan's. Help has to be on the way here. Sooner than later. I mean, if City and Deer can get another year, I'm all for it. Let them do it. But I'm not sure what's going to happen. Let's just hope that the um, that the guys we get can contribute right away. And if that happens, gravy. And of course, hopefully, maybe look the, look look for grad transfers. Let's get the you know. Let's see if we can get some decent grad transfers to come in come over as well. Maybe there's somebody around there that can help us out. Now, um, before I get into this, I will say I, I did, um, I was, you know, watching a game and I was following on Twitter and somebody mentioned the, the for the last five minutes, they were going to turn on the, uh, Hillgrove and Grote and Aiken broadcast. Because as you guys heard, Dick wrote, um, you know, he was done after this year. Pitt was parting ways with him. And it came as a shock to a lot of us because, you know, we all, we, you know, when it came to Pitt basketball, we knew it was Dick wrote and Bill Hillgrove when listened to, to them on the radio. You know, from you know, my my one experience was you know, I mean, grew up as a kid, I watched a lot of pit basketball, and I never really listened to the broadcast. And I think it was like maybe like the second year under Hallen when he went to the when he went to the East, the uh, Big East tournament to the finals. I think I was yeah, I think I was dating some girl at the time, and. It wasn't really dating, I would say. I think we we're just hanging out. I think she was up in she was up in Cal U, I think. But I remember I was I would pit basketball was in the biggest tournament. I remember I remember flipping the game on, driving there, and I would listen. I remember listening to Hillgrove and uh, Grote broadcast, and I think I was pretty much after I was hooked. You know, I just enjoyed, you know, listen to, um, obviously, Hillgrove is one thing. I love listening to Hillgrove. I mean, yeah, he, he has his moments, but he's pretty, you know, when you listen, when you think of Steelers broadcasting and Pitt broadcasting, you think of those guys. It was good to hear Grote and just hear his insights. But, uh, you know, listen to the, um the broadcast last night, which I did, and I would think it's probably time for, you know, it was time, it was time to part ways, and it, was, and, and it wasn't that Hillgrove did a bad job, he was still really, I mean, the guy's 88 years old, and I mean, he still does a really amazing job with, with, with his insights, doing the stat lines, talk, you know, I hope I'm like that when I'm 88, 
let's just say that. I hope I'm still going like that 88. I mean, my grandfather's 97, 90 years old, and he still wants to keep living. He wants to still keep going. And I hope I'm like that when I'm old, when I'm that age too. If you know, if I make it 97 at least or 88. But I guess in terms of perspective, I think you know you want to be like that all the time. You want to keep going. You want to keep living. Regardless of what your age is. But, you know, I'm not sure why they decided to part ways. But if you listen to the broadcast, which is what I did, compared to like, you know, when I used to, you know, before we moved to Houston, I used to listen to the broadcast. It was, it was, it was a lot more growth. I listened to broadcast last night. It was a lot more Aiken and Hillgrove than Grote. And I'm, you know, I'm guessing that's probably why they parted. But, um, maybe the, uh, staff also didn't, didn't want to, didn't want Grote to end up like Vasily Meyer and Cope, whereas, uh, we all know what happened to Cope. I mean, the guy was a lot of times in his own world during stiller broadcasts. And but I think uh, I think Grove was a little. I think Grove took care of himself a little bit more than Cope did because Cope always had a he always had um, rumors of a lot of alcohol usage. And supposedly they even they said even to his uh, you know support group he showed up drunk. That's just a rumor, but I remember Madden used to bust his balls all the time on his station about his drinking and whatnot, and and yeah, he would make fun of him. And I remember when Cope retired, he got called out about it, and I remember that was pretty much the beginning of the end of Mark Madden, you know, before he, you know on ESPN Radio before he went to the uh, X. Basically, like, guys like Smysek used to go on Madden's show, started attacking, you know, the paper and things like that, and then people just, you know, they went after him. And I remember then... Then the, then the, uh, the Ted Kenny thing happened, and that was it for Madden. But eventually he made his way on the X, and he's been there since, and... The guy obviously brings rings, and he's always going to be a fixture in, you know, in the sports media here in Pittsburgh. But, uh, yeah, I listened to, I listened to it last night, and, um, you know, I, I, thanks to the, uh, screen capture on these phones, especially on the iPhone, I'm sure Android has one, has one as well. I'm not an Android owner, so I wouldn't know. But I'm sure you guys have the same function. If anything, probably you probably it, it was probably available even before the um, it was probably available even before uh, the iPhone had it, because that's how it always goes. Is Android has it first? 
and then the iPhone eventually picks it up. So I played around with it for a little bit, and I'm like, well, I was worried about to pick up the mic, but I think the, it only does the mic when you're on a phone call. And so I just um, stayed on the pit broadcast, and I record the last like 30 seconds of the um, pit game when it closed out. Then I did the after show, and I can tell by, by listening to it that Dick Rowe was, um, he was getting a little bit emotional reading the stat lines. I can, you can hear it in his voice. And then, um, they had, they had Coach Tim O'Toole on, and, uh, I got I asked, also gonna post that audio, because Tim O'Toole had a lot of nice things to say about the Oakland Zoo and a lot of other, and the pit fans. And Grote obviously wished them well. And so that he will fall in love with the city. And, you know, I just waited. And, of course, uh, you know, after the, after what, after the, you know, they had Tim O'Toole on is when they had the se- end of season thoughts. And that's when I captured the, uh, the final, you know, moments of Dick Rhodes' time at Pitt and posted it. And of course, it's been you know been circulating on um, Twitter ever since. I had a, I even had one person message me about um, he wanted the actual audio file. He wanted to download it for himself, and you know, for me, I, there's no money in this for me, you know, for this podcasting stuff and whatever I do, and so. I went ahead and just, um, you know, I tried to DM it to him, and of course it didn't work, because Twitter doesn't let you uh, download this stuff, and there's ways you can download it, but you have to, like, uh, download third-party apps to do it with, and it becomes a real pain in the ass, so the guy mentioned, uh, you know, Google Drive, and I, I... download the app there and put the uh, file there for him and copied and pasted copied it send the link so you know eventually I think I'll post the link for you guys if you want to download it for yourselves because I thought you know and I got a lot of you know I mean pe- a lot of people were you know getting a lot of retweets and even the even the Corsi has um yeah even the Corsi thanked me for posting it Mike the Corsi you know who does uh, the sporting news I had to pause, you know, my recording for a minute because there's an ambulance crossing through. That's just the hazards of when you podcast and drive, and that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much been the thing of, you know, what I do is I, um, you know, when I drive through traffic, rush hour, I podcast. But even he thanked me for it because he, you know, he covered pit basketball at one point. And, you know, for me, it was, um, to me, it was an important thing to do. Because you know, a lot of you guys, when you th- when you turn when you watch pit basketball and thought of pit basketball, it was always Hillgrove and Grote when it came to announcing. And it was you know the guy obviously was a big was a fixture here, not you know not so much you know with pit, you know basketball, but you know Pittsburgh sports in general. I mean, the guy for God's sakes played for the Pirates and brought home a World Series in the sixties, nineteen sixty to be exact. And not to mention, he's a fixture here in Western PA because he, when he was an awesome athlete. I mean, he played basketball, college college basketball, and had a really good career. Baseball, obviously, he did very well. He got, he got to the pros, so 
I just felt that I just felt at the time this was a big deal, and not all of us get the broadcast, you know, because we're out of state. And I figured, why not just pull up the app and see if I can get it? And that's what I did. And so now a lot of you get this get to hear, you know, him, you know, hear him. And obviously he got really emotional. You know, I mean, I listened to it. I got emotional. I, I tried to get emotional too, but of course my kids were still up. Actually, they were supposed to be in bed. And I thought they were asleep, and of course, just just when I'm trying to get uh, have my little emotional emotional time listening to Dick Grote, my kids walking on me, and so I couldn't get teary eyed like everybody else. I had, I had to get, to get from teary eyed to pissed off. Like, why the hell aren't you guys aren't in bed? It's freaking eleven o'clock at night. You should be in. Oh, well, they told me they took a nap during the day because you know they're home all day with their mother. And they napped late, and they couldn't go to sleep. So I couldn't have that whole dusty thing. But I just felt it was important, and you know, lot, you know. So it's kind of cool that a lot of you guys are, uh, you know, are able to view it. And you know, if you want the link, I'll probably post. I'll probably post this so a lot you can download it as well, because you know, I don't. I don't make any money off this podcast, and I don't make any money off of Twitter in general. I mean, I try to do the um, the ads as well on my podcast, and I did it for a little sample size, and the return value for me was just, it just wasn't worth it. I mean, my podcast is 20 or 30 minutes. Why the fuck, excuse my language, why the hell would I need ads on mine? I mean, there's, there's people that post ads in the middle of their podcasts. And I just can't do that. It makes does it makes no sense. So you know, if um you know, if I had a big audience, maybe I would do it. But I don't. My audience is not big, so I I value my audience <laughs> more than I do trying to make money. Because I know you know this isn't a uh, full time gig for me. So whatever. But um. You know, I'll post it later, and you know, I'm glad a lot of you're enjoying that. And there's, there's, you know, I got, I do got to post the audio for Tim O'Toole. That was some cool stuff too. So I gotta get to that. But uh, you know, thanks to Dick Rowe and the and the Pitt Seniors. I wish uh, we had them for a few more years, and I wish we could hear, hear more of Dick Rowe. You know, that's gonna be the, that's gonna be weird coming up, but that's part of you know, as you get older, things change and. You know, obviously we're going to be out of our comfort zone a little bit with Grote not being on the broadcast. Now moving on. Uh, Le'Veon Bell finally signed. And I won't spend too much time on this, but obviously it's been a war between the national and local media in Pittsburgh, you know, over the Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown stuff. Because the national media is pushing their narratives. And of course, the local media is firing back at them. But, uh, you know, Antonio Brown showed up late to his press conference, you know, which is par for the course. But he did think, he did have a lot of great things to say about Pittsburgh and thanking, thanking him. And, he, and you know what? It wasn't too long ago we were celebrating Antonio Brown 
uh, running over, cleaning the fender, twerking in the end zone, doing all kind of stuff. We shouldn't remember. We shouldn't be focusing on his throwing Gatorade coolers and his tantrums. Because up until you know he got disgruntled, we weren't doing that. We were celebrating his plays, the stuff he did, and how we had the we had the greatest wide receiver in in the NFL. It was all bragging points for us. It's shitty how he how things ended. It did. But we really shouldn't spend most of our time focusing on that. Was it that turned out to be problematic? Sure. But the guy did a lot of good things and gave you a lot to cheer about. And yeah. The guy obviously worked hard. I mean, we we, we glossed over how he would go to that little football machine and he would like uh, catch the balls with one hand. We, we were in awe of that. How awesome. That's our receiver, man. He's doing this. Yep, black and gold. Yes, black and yellow. Yes, Antonio Brown. Greatest receiver in NFL. You know, all I can say is try to reflect more on the good things he did. For you guys, don't spend too much on the bad on the bad stuff with the Gary tossing and whatnot. In his press conference, <clears throat> in his press conference, he thanked the Steelers and everything else. He was pretty sounded pretty humble, and maybe it was for show. But at the end of the day, he's gone. Just leave it at that. Because it wasn't too long ago that even before he got he got like this that we were celebrating all, all these awesome things he did. Now Bell signed, and there's a debate. You know, obviously, Nashville has their their narratives there, and supposedly the owners. You know, supposedly there's a um, according to one guy, I think Mike Freeman is it. He, he said there was conspiracy among owners to, um, you know, about the whole about the Olivia Bell stuff. That they weren't happy he sat out because he got franchised. Here's the thing: if I'm an owner, and let's let's say my competition has a star player that sits out over a contract dispute, I'm not gonna be mad that he sits out. I'm gonna be happy because for all, for all I know. My competition is weakened for that year. And on top of that, this guy himself may have sabotaged his market value. And I might be able to get him cheaper cheaper on the dollar than before. So to say that um, his uh, his sit-out Angered owners is a bunch of crap. It's just an, it's it's just another narrative that people are pushing, and it's pretty much a dumb one. It just it's people are bringing too much into this, 
and they're doing it mostly because they have maybe say 100,000 followers on Twitter and they're just doing it for their uh, they're just playing to their base so they can get their likes and their retweets I probably do it too in fact I I probably do do it so I'm guilty of as well but um let's lay off the freaking drugs people So, Bell, excuse my beep, you guys, I'm backing into my uh, parking space, but uh, Bell got, you know, four years, I think 52 million was it, and he got 35 million guaranteed. He got two, he got two million more guaranteed than his original Steelers deal, which was, I think, like five years, 70 million, but his Steelers, his Steelers deal would have, um, paid him I think 45 million total when it was all said and done and people are talking about you know you know who really you know who really won here some are saying Bell won because he got he's he, he didn't get he didn't bang himself up that year all last year and he got himself a nice deal the other side saying, well, he ate 15 million and he ate up a bigger contract and he didn't, he didn't, re- he didn't get a, a blockbuster deal that he wanted. And so there's, it, it's still the bail. It's a pissing match on who, on the bank who won. And people say, well, if Le'Veon Bell, you know, if he, if, if he takes the franchise tag and gets hurt, he doesn't get a deal the next year. Here's the thing. The Steers offered him a deal that was that, that was close to guaranteed money than the deal he got. If he, was to, he, if he would have accepted that, we wouldn't be having this issue right now. But the Steers had no choice but to franchise him after that. So to say that, well, you know, if you know, if he accepts the franchise, you know, if he gets hurt, he has to get his deal. Well, they they get, they are they they made him a deal. He didn't want it. And I think, but and I, and I think the Steelers could have bumped up the guaranteed money if they would have done that. They probably would have kept them. But I think at the end of the day, both parties were ready to move on because they could just could never get a deal done. Now, if now if Levin Bell was going on the principle of franchise tagging, in other words, if he was, if his principle was, you know, you can't don't just franchise me because you feel like it, because that's what that's what you do to players. Because that's happened. I mean, one prime example is Antonio Bryant, former pit receiver. Tampa Bay signed him on a very cheap deal. He had a really good season that year. And Antonio Bryant obviously wanted a big contract. Tampa Bay decided to franchise him instead, which pissed Bryant off because he wanted a you know bigger you know long term deal. He wanted more money, and you can't blame him. He got franchised, and then he got hurt that year, and they released him after that year, and he was never the same player. So if so, if Levin Bell did this on the uh, principle of 
you're not going to franchise me when, just because you feel like it. Because you don't want to pay me, you're just going to franchise me because you feel like it and take advantage of me. And when I get hurt, you, can, you know, and if I get hurt, you don't, don't want to pay me. I can understand that, but if, if that was the principle, sure. But his delivery of the whole thing was was, was horrible. I mean, it was a it was a really bad delivery. And but hey, you know, at the end of the day, he got what he wanted. He got his money. More power to him. He lost on the process, and the way he did this was bad. I think I'm not sure what the hell his agent was trying to do with, you know, with, with all this, and I don't know, it's just, it's just mind-boggling, but at the end of the day, they're, they're both gone, and I think it's just time for all parties to move on, and as far as the national me goes with their, with their narratives, sometimes you just gotta let assholes be assholes, just leave them be, because a lot of them, or spewing these takes, and you're just like, what the? And I'm not sure what happens next year, because, well, Steers are down two of their playmakers. Well, actually, they were down one last year. I'm not sure what happens now. I mean, you got Ben, you got Connor, and you got to hope Connor stays healthy. So, I mean, if one thing Steers got to address in the draft... They got they got another running back probably and receiver obviously, but they got a whole bunch of other holes they got to address, and we'll see what happens. Anyways, guys, enjoy your, your weekend. Hope you guys, and if you're on spring break, hope you're all enjoying that too. Hello, Pitt. See you later.